everybody, welcome to Church Online. Valley Church loves that you're clicking in. Uh, welcome, welcome to this weekend. And you know what, I wanna invite you to something in addition to what you're doing right now. Uh, maybe you've heard of this, maybe you've already seen it. If not, let me invite you to 40 days of prayer. Uh, you can learn all about our schedule at valley.church slash 40 days prayer. And uh, here's what's happening for 40 days and it's already begun. Uh, you can join Pastor Quentin at different times and different locations along with other people from Valley Church to pray. Uh, why? Because prayer is awesome because we wanna have a conversation with God. We want to not only talk to him, but we want to hear from him. Uh, and God wants, wants more from us, but he also has so much more for us. So I'm really excited about this. Prayer is awesome. These gatherings are gonna be great. Uh, they're gonna be challenging and growing. Not that it's gonna be uh, you know, too much to handle. It's just like spending time with others, praying. Uh, we'll be challenged. God's gonna teach us things and say things to us. I'm, you know, I don't know if you even experienced this while praying, um, and maybe you have because I know I certainly have. Have you, have you ever wondered, is God speaking? Like, as I'm sitting here, reading his word, talking to him, like, am I doing all the talking? Is God speaking? I gotta tell you, God speaks all the time. Uh, he's speaking uh, into my life. Uh, he's speaking into relationships, our jobs, our problems, and we're constantly wondering, uh, how do I hear him? Is he speaking? Is, is he speaking into uh, all of my problems? Uh, and is he speaking to ways I can get out of all of these problems? Um, and this actually may be shocking news to you, but God is speaking all the time. He is speaking all the time. I think asking, is God speaking? It's kind of the wrong question. I think the better question is, am I listening? God has a plan for each and every one of us, but how are we gonna hear if we don't take time to listen? You know, our lives, they're so busy. Our lives are full of distractions. Uh, there's always noise. Like there are so many things begging for our attention. There are so many distractions all around us. And today, if, if we wanna hear what God has to say, we've gotta learn to cut through all the noise. Is, can you hear that? It's like, is that your phone? Is that, I mean, did you think it was your phone? I mean, my phone is constantly buzzing. I get, I get phone calls all the time. I get text messages, just ding after ding, uh, ring after ring, but, but not just messages and buzzing and alerts. Like my phone is ringing. I'm getting calls constantly. Uh, it, it doesn't matter where I am. Uh, I'm constantly being distracted. Uh, chances are you have all these things on your phone too. Plus, do you use your phone like I use to wake up in the morning? Like it is literally my alarm. Uh, we, there's so many things already before I've even really officially woken up begging and asking for my attention. And then uh, when, when I uh, get up, I got to scroll through social media, right? You scroll through social media looking for all of your likes and follows and your friends and then emails are just popping in. Uh, they're, they're constantly just popping in. Maybe a computer over in the corner uh, on your phone and you hear the dings and you got to go check it out. Uh, you know, I'm missing messages. I want to see who's there. But it's not just like it lives on your phone. It's like, I got to get into my car and I got to hit traffic and I'm heading to the store, maybe the mall, I'm going to work. Uh, you know, there's so much around me that is begging for my attention. And sometimes I just want to zone out and do video games. Like video games kind of uh, maybe put more noise into my life, but it's kind of blocking all of this noise. 
uh, and you are just like this because you have a busy schedule. You have busy lives. We have work pressures. We have relational pressures. And on top of all of this, some of us have health issues and concerns. And if we want to hear what God is calling us to, we have got to cut through all the noise. Whew. Doesn't that feel good? I mean, I knew it was coming. And this silence right now, it just feels so good. It's hard to listen when we're surrounded by so many things that are begging for our attention. And uh, those distractions come in many shapes and sizes and colors. Uh, you know, even this week as I'm preparing for my message, I'm preparing for this message, uh, I'm writing, I'm reading, I'm in the Word, and I just needed a moment of quiet time with God. Just I just needed to listen to Him. And as soon as I closed my eyes, my, my wrist vibrated. I looked at my watch, which immediately pulled me out of this quiet moment. Uh, the, my phone started buzzing. I'm not kidding. Uh, you know, my emails just started dinging and I'm like what is going on I just can't get away from from and then somebody knocks on my door I promise you they knocked on my door and I'm just like I got to get out of here so I get up I have to leave everything behind I can't take the distractions with me I walk down the hallway to try to find a, a quiet place and uh, I'm not an important person uh, but people uh, need things from me from time to time and I'm heading out the hallway people are still coming up uh, to have a conversation. They need something. They want to ask a question. And you know, who was best at just cutting through the noise was Jesus. Uh, look what Jesus says in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, I love this, which uh, it shows us that there is, uh, for Jesus, a special time. While it was still dark, he got up, he went out, and he made his way to a deserted place. And that's where he was praying. Look at this, look at this, very early. He did it at a specific time, very early. When? In the morning, uh, while it was where? There was a condition. The condition was it was dark out, you know, and what he knew about it being dark is there weren't gonna be a whole lot of people uh, awake. And, and he brought action to the need. What did he do? He got up and he went out. He got up and he went out. There's a time, there's a condition, there's an action that he took. And then I love this. Where is it? Do you see it? A deserted place. I like that word place. We need to find a place. Sometimes we just need to find a place to cut through all of the noise. Look at, uh, look at Luke 5, 16. I love this. Yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. This wasn't a one-time thing for Jesus. He often withdrew. 2,000 years ago, Jesus understood the noise of this world. And Jesus knows uh, that the wise thing to do when you want to listen to God is you got to cut through the noise. And he withdrew. We're in Proverbs 29. Uh, so it would be great uh, as long as you're not driving, if you would flip or click your way to Proverbs chapter 29. Solomon is talking about the wisdom of listening because listening isn't just something that we do. Listening is something that we choose to do. I got to tell you, people around me are talking all of the time. And I promise you, that doesn't mean I'm listening. I don't have to listen. I can even get distracted uh, with all the noise and not even hear everything around me. We have to choose to listen. Uh, but that doesn't mean we're not distracted. You know, the noise uh, of, of everything around us, uh, is, if it's pulling our attention away from Jesus, the enemy loves it. Even if it's just a little bit. 
uh, those distractions are a huge win for the enemy. In order for us to uh, experience the wisdom of listening, we've got to do a couple things. We've got to cut through the noise, but we also have to talk less. Look at what Solomon says in verse 20. He says, do you see somebody who speaks too soon? There's more hope for him. Uh, there's more hope for uh, a fool than for him. You know, people uh, just blurt things out are foolish or even worse than fools because you can't pull that stuff back in. Sometimes you just say something, you can't recover from some of the things that we say, or it takes a really long time to work our way back into the good graces of people. You know who, you know who are, are like this? Like, like people who are impulsive, they blurt things out. We wanna work on that we wanna have self-control. People who think they already know everything, uh, they blurt things out. You know what they like to say? They like to tell you, oh, I already thought of that. Like you might have a great idea, but oh, I already thought of that. Or let me make your idea better. Like they know everything. People who are hot-tempered blurt things out. They just can't hold their emotions in. Do you know who else blurts things out? The one-uppers. Have you ever met somebody who just, they're a one-upper? You know it doesn't matter what story you tell they're gonna tell a better story. Uh, you know, uh, you, you got this guy, he comes up to you and he says, you know what, that's a good story, but I can do you one better. And all I'm thinking, all I'm really thinking is I don't need you to do me one better. I just wanted to share my story. <laughs> Maybe you can enjoy it instead of tell me how your life is so much better than mine, right? And by the way, who says I can do you one better? People do, whatever. Uh, you, know, you know who else uh, blurts things out are, are people uh, who are oversharers. I mean, they, you know, they just tell you everything and they, they don't stop talking. They're just, they're just blurting things out. And there's other people, they, they just can't wait for you to take a breath so that they can cut in and speak while you're speaking. They just wanna tell you, they're just blurting it out like it's so frustrating. Look at what James says. James is the brother of Jesus in chapter one, verse 19. I love this, my dear brothers and sisters. This is for everybody who loves Jesus. He says, understand this. Everybody should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Uh, he, he's kind of saying, be slow to blurt things out. Like have some self-control. You know, he, he's, he, he's like talking uh, about how we, act and behave and how we can present ourselves as people with more wisdom and grow in our wisdom. You know, if we desire to walk in wisdom, you and I, we have to learn to listen. You know, the most important listening any of us will ever do starts right here. If you're taking notes, listen to the instruction of God. Uh, this, is, this is a three-point message today and they're all pretty simple, uh, but simplicity has a start right here. Listen. We got to listen to the instruction uh, of God. You know, God is speaking. Um, his instruction is available. It's accessible. It's understandable. You know, and I could sit here and I could list dozens and dozens of reasons why we should listen to God, what he says. Like so many things rise uh, to this list, but only one, you know, there's really one that rises to the top. And, and it's the simple fact that God has a vision for your life. That's it. God has a vision for your life and his vision is better than anything that you could ever come up with. In other words, God's way is the best way. Look at Proverbs 29, 18. I love this. Without revelation, people will run wild, but, but one who follows divine instruction will be happy. 
Now, you know, this word revelation, like it's like, you know, God has given us his revelation. We can see the path that we're supposed to run in front of us. Some versions say uh, without vision, the people will perish. Like where there's no vision, where, where there's no revelation, people, they just run wild. They don't know which re- direction to go. But I got to tell you this, the opposite is also true. When you think about this, the opposite is with vision, people flourish. And when people follow God's plan for their life, they're going to flourish. Life will be better in every single way. When people have no direction or instruction, things get crazy. You know, middle schoolers are some of my favorite people on planet Earth. Uh, Like I get to travel and I get to uh, uh, speak to crowds of, of high school students and middle school students. But there's something about middle school students. They're just a little on the edge all the time. But but kind of like a puppy, you know I mean? They're so excited. They're just, everything is vibrant and ready and they're just got so much energy. Uh, middle schoolers, they just go, 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 go. And it seems like they don't stop. Somebody's just winding them up and, and they don't, st- you know what they do? They get sweaty, but they don't slow down. They just continue to go and thrive. And uh, they talk a lot, they run around, they get into these clusters that pulsate like, <laughs> They just, they're thriving and they're just these little sweaty humans doing whatever excites them. And I want to tell you this, there's something wildly normal about middle school students. If you're able to connect with them, like if you're able to connect with the person they are, where they are, and you raise the bar and show them a direction, they're going to charge, they're going to charge right at that goal. And they're going to surprise you. They will surprise you so many times. Uh, it's, it's awesome watching middle schoolers thrive if you can communicate with them, right? Uh, you know why? Because everybody functions better when there's vision. Uh, I also knew this. Every single broken bone that has ever happened at any camp that I have been at uh, has happened during free time. Now, now hear me out. Like during free time, the kids, they, they run wild. I promise you, they run wild. There's no vision. It's just free time. And even though there are rules, they're not respected, okay? Uh, they just go and they run. And I mean, don't get me wrong. They're not just like breaking the rules, sinning everywhere. They're just kind of like, oh, my parents are gone. There's no supervision. I'm just going to run and play. That's when bones are broken, right? When they're running. Well, I've never had a kid break his bone when he was sitting at lunch. I've never seen a middle schooler break a bone while they were just sitting in a session, listening to a speaker, worshiping together. Not that it couldn't happen. Middle schoolers could do just about anything like that. But where there's no vision, where there's no direction, where there's no guardrails, these kids, these kids go crazy. But with vision, there's, there's direction, divine instruction. It's where we find blessing. You know, the good news is that men and women who are fully following Jesus, like we can run in that direction because we can hear his voice. Look at, look at this, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Like if we could just bring the noise down, we can hear his voice. And when we hear the shepherd's voice, we can move in the shepherd's direction. God is speaking all the time. Uh, you might want to write some of these things down. He speaks through his word. God speaks through prayer. God speaks through godly counsel like the men and women in your life group. Uh, God speaks through our circumstances. The things that are happening to us and around us speak, uh, speak volumes. 
And if you're ever wondering, you know, is this really from God? I'll tell you, this is how you figure it out. You got to take it to scripture and to godly men and women because it will never disagree with what God has already said. Now, I don't know if you've ever felt like God's telling you to do something and you weren't sure. That's how you kind of figure it out. Does this agree with scripture? Well, then I'm probably free to do it. God's never going to contradict himself. He'll never tell you to do something that goes against his word or things that he's already commanded. And I got to tell you this, the more mature you are as a follower of Jesus, the easier it will be to hear and understand his voice. Those are, those are facts. Look at James 1.22. I love this. Be doers of the word, not only hearers. So when we cut through the noise, we want to hear, but then we have to respond. Because if we, we don't do and we just hear, we're actually deceiving ourselves. You know, listening to God's instruction is only part of what he is calling us and asking us to do. When God speaks, then we need to choose to move. Um, you know, God has a vision for all of our lives. God, God sees each and every one of our lives fully and completely. It's, it's mapped out. Like he, he sees the possibilities, but he, he also sees our U-turns and our wrong turns and driving off path and, and us walking and driving and riding down the straight and narrow. He sees it all. He knows it all. Uh, he, he's planted gifts inside of each and every one of us. And the map from today forward is greater than any of us could really imagine or dream up on our own. You know, as you and I, as we seek him daily, as we spend time in his word, as we spend time praying, he's going to continue to whisper direction and instruction in your ear every single day because God is always speaking. He wants to cut through the noise. Uh, we just immerse ourselves in it and we've got to get away from it. Not all the time. That, that noise isn't always bad. It's, a lot of it is useful and good and necessary, but for us to hear from God, like we've got to find some quiet space, some quiet time. We've got to be still, talk less, and, uh, and listen so much more. As you and I, as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, as we faithfully follow his instruction, uh, these next two things are, are kind of easy to do because when you are following God, like just doing what he wants us to do is what we actually want to do. Um, but if we're not, this next one's really hard. Uh, write this down. Listen for godly correction from others. This is part of the wisdom of listening. We, we listen for God's instruction and direction, but we also listen for godly correction from others. If you're not looking for correction or, or when you're just wanting to do whatever you want to do, correction can feel awful. Look at uh, Proverbs 29:15. A rod of correction imparts wisdom. In other words, discipline uh, we become wise when we become disciplined people or when people bring correction into our life, we can become wise. But a youth left to himself is a disgrace to his mother. If you just let people do whatever they want to do, they're not going to honor themselves. They're not going to honor the people around them. Uh, and by the way, this is like super important. Super important. Like uh, there, there is some who's and there are some how's with correction. In other words, who is giving the advice and how are they giving it? But also, who's receiving it and, and how are they receiving it? You know, the implication is that correction and encouragement are ongoing, like it's constant. You know, it's not just a one and done kind of thing. It happens uh, with people we trust 
and it happens with people we're in relationship with. If you're not trusted and you're not a close friend, I wouldn't bring correction into their life. They're not gonna hear it. But hopefully you're hearing correction from trusted sources and people you're in relationship with. The relationships that we have with the people we're correcting or the relationship we have with the person correcting us is incredibly important. Correction from, from God's word or correction from a trusted source or mentor, it's actually a gift and, and we should embrace it. Like we should long for like constructive criticism. Uh, and sometimes it's gonna sting and maybe it stings really bad at first. Um, but godly counsel, it, it leads to wise growth. It leads to blessing. It, it leads to uh, humility and uh, receiving more grace. That's where we wanna be. Uh, the way that you understand correction it's critical. It's just so important because some people see it as a barrier between them and what they want to do. And other people see correction as a way to get better. You know, is correction a barrier or is it a way to get better in your eyes? You know, I remember a time uh, one of my sons uh, was bowling. He's like, dad, you want to go bowling? Uh, and he really wasn't inviting me bowling. He just wanted me to drive him to the bowling alley so he could bowl, which is fine. And I sat there and he got a new bowling ball and he just wanted to throw it as many times as he possibly could. And he was having the hardest time. And he's there for five minutes and it's okay. And I'm just cheering him on. I'm trying to be a good dad by being present. And I'm trying to be a good dad by not giving him advice. Like unwanted advice is the worst, right? Uh, even though I have a relationship with him, I could tell he was in the zone and he's 10 minutes in and he's throwing and I'm just kind of encouraging him through the strikes and the spares, but there are not many strikes and spares. 15 minutes in, he's just, I can see the frustration on his face. He's just trying to learn how to throw this brand new bowling ball. 20 minutes we get in and he turns around after throwing a horrendous shot and he goes, are you gonna help me? And I loved it. I absolutely loved it because he wasn't yelling at me. He was frustrated with his performance, but he was inviting me in for some correction. I wish people wanted to get better at life the way they wanna get better at sports. You know, we'll spend thousands of dollars trying to improve our golf game. We'll buy hundreds of dollars worth of bowling equipment, right? We'll spend hundreds of dollars on like softball equipment for a recreational league that gets, uh, maybe if you win the best prize, a $20 trophy. I wish people wanted to get better at life the way they want to get better at sports. You know, it's hard to receive correction and criticism, even if it's constructive criticism, especially when it's not invited, but it's needed. Look at what uh, Proverbs 29.1 says. One who becomes stiff-necked after many reprimands will be shattered instantly beyond recovery. You know, some just ignore the warning signs. They just constantly ignore the warning signs. They push their limits. They've been, they've been told it's wrong, that it's dangerous, but they keep doing it. And, and they're not experiencing any of the pain or the danger or the problems. So they're like, I'm just, I see the warning lights, but I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to keep pressing on. Uh, and, and I feel invincible at a certain point, right? I mean, don't you like just keep doing the wrong thing? You just, all of a sudden you feel invincible until you get caught. And then you feel embarrassed and sorry, but you're really sorry that you got caught, not sorry that you did it. The problem is a lot of the danger that we're running towards is, is beyond recovery. You know, there's, there's probably something in your house that fits this description, right? Like maybe you own a pair of shoes that's beyond recovery, but you keep on putting them on, or maybe, maybe it's a shirt. Uh, maybe your, your wife or your, probably your husband 
owns some shirt or some pair of pants. They're beyond recovery, but they're his special pants. And, you know, the shirt that he's had since high school, you just wish he would throw it out, but he keeps wearing it. Uh, he, he's not taking any of your advice. He's, he's just wearing it beyond recovery. Maybe it's an old car. You've been ignoring that check engine light and you keep driving and driving and you hear the sounds, but it still runs. So why not just keep driving and you keep driving it until it's too late. And then, you know, you put a little money in it to repair it and you just keep putting money in it to repair it. And it's nickeling and diming you until you realize, wow, I have put so much more money into this car than this car was ever worth. We ignore the warning signs. Maybe, maybe you just keep using that broken umbrella or that, that old toothbrush, or maybe you have a piece of furniture in your house. It just needs to go. You're just ignoring all of these warning signs. You know, look at Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I love this. Don't get stuck in the noise. Don't refuse to listen to all of those warning signs, to all the correction. Do not get in a rut that pushes you beyond repair. Wise godly counsel, it does not always feel good, but it exists to help you, not hurt you. That's why relationship is so important. Here's the problem with not listening to correction. Look at this, uh, Proverbs 29, 12. If a ruler listens to lies, all his officials will be wicked. Uh, you know, if we don't listen to correction, we're bound to listen to corruption and that leads to destruction. Solomon is not saying this ruler is being duped by the lies of the wicked. He's only responding to lies. He's only responding to the things that he wants to hear. In other words, he's saying this corrupt leader is only going to be surrounded by corrupt people. You and I, when we continue to listen to people who are willing to break the rules, we should never be surprised when we are surrounded by rule breakers. That's just the path that you're on if that's the character you have. It's easy to gravitate towards the people who say what we want to hear. And before too long, we're gonna be surrounded by everybody who's just saying what we want. Solomon shows us the wisdom of listening for God's direction and listening for godly correction. And he also shows us that it's important to cut through the noise so we can listen for gospel opportunities. There's so many good things that are just waiting to be done, things that God has, has uh, like created for you. But if we're not listening, we're not gonna see them. You know, I remember driving down the interstate with my wife. Uh, we were just going, so I don't even know where we were going. Uh, but we were driving somewhere in Indiana on the interstate and we saw this car up ahead and we saw these two older ladies. They were very fancy. Uh, they had a fancy car. The trunk was open and it was just clear they were having problems. And my wife goes, should we help them? And I was like, absolutely. So I just pulled over. Uh, it's not something I really have done in the past, but I could tell that these ladies needed help. And I walked out and I looked at these two ladies. I said, uh, what's going on? And this lady, she was so nice. She was like, I've got, we got a flat tire. I don't know how to change it. I'm just stressed out. We're heading to a wedding. And it's just, and, and I was like, you know, Mrs. Smith. And she's like, I thought you looked familiar. This, it was my English teacher from middle school, like she was like a great lady, a great teacher. And just because we were like, yeah, God, we'll do this. We'll, we'll pull over. Uh, by the way, 
Uh, it was my wife who said it first. Um, God speaks through my wife a lot. I'm sure if you're married, you've experienced God speaking through your spouse. It just, it just happens. Um, but we could have been like immersed in the noise so much that we would have passed by this opportunity to serve uh, these two ladies, which happened to be super encouraging for me to be able to stop. Like it was literally like 15 years after I had uh, graduated middle school and I got to see them again. It was such a good conversation and I was able to tell her that I was a pastor uh, having a gospel conversation and sent her on her way. Look at Proverbs 29, seven. The righteous person knows the rights of the poor, but the wicked one does not understand these concerns. Now, these two ladies on the side of the street, they, they weren't poor, uh, but what Solomon is saying, there are these compassion ministries that we need to be aware of, and we need to help the poor. We need to help the needy. We need to provide uh, encouragement and services and, and take time out of our life to love people who don't have what we have. Like, these are, these are great moments we're surrounded by needs. So many people have needs and, and not any one of us can fulfill every single need, but we, we better make sure that we don't let the overwhelming needs in this world keep us from helping the people that we can help. We want to go beyond ourselves and, and inconvenience ourselves and help people for the potential to connect with people. And we don't always get paid back uh, but that's not why we do it. We're not in it to receive. We're in it to give as much of ourselves and as much of Jesus that is in ourselves away to others. Our goal is not to get paid back, but to bring Jesus in. Look at Proverbs 29, 14. A king who judges the poor with fairness, his throne will be established forever. Solomon is saying there are some eternal benefits to being good to everybody. Uh, and here specifically, he's saying, don't show partiality. Don't show favoritism. Don't just like and hang out with people who are just like you. Get out of your comfort zone. Uh, actually, you know, helping the poor, helping the least of these, it should be like the core of our comfort zone. That's, that's what Jesus did. That's who he calls us to be. And as we listen for opportunities to serve others, we, we don't show that favoritism. We, we hopefully help as, as best we can. You know, it's, it's not just an opportunity uh, for that person to be helped. It's also an opportunity to, for God to, to work through you. Um, caring for the poor, compassion projects, service projects, uh, it's only part of God's vision for us as, as we connect with our community. I love this. This is so rich. Proverbs 29, 13. The poor and the oppressor, these are, two, like, these are two different sides of the spectrum here that, that Solomon's talking about. Uh, they have this in common. They don't seem like they have anything in common, but they have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. God, God gives light to the eyes of both. I love that. Uh, in other words, uh, God created both of them, even though they might be very little alike. He, he loves both of them. He, he gave both of these people life. Every single person has incredible value to God. We want to listen for those gospel opportunities to serve everybody around us as best we can because God created everybody. Jesus loves everybody. And, and when you bump into somebody who doesn't yet know Jesus, that might be a gospel opportunity for you to have a conversation about Jesus with them. 
you know, the greatest help that you and I could ever give anybody is to introduce them to Jesus. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Like, if, if, if you're watching for the first time, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. If you're watching and your, your relationship with Jesus isn't as good as it could be because there's just shame and hurt and pain in your life, Jesus says, come to me. He says, I, I want you. I, I want you and you're welcome here. If you're following Jesus with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know you are wanted. You know that you are welcome. Maybe you're watching today and you've got questions and you've got doubts. Maybe, maybe you have pain and struggles. You've got, you've got baggage. Maybe there's hurt in your life. I gotta tell you, Jesus, Jesus welcomes you. He says he loves you. Jesus is standing right here before you and he says, I love you with arms wide open. He says, you're welcome here. You know, you're welcome here with your struggles and your doubts. Jesus says you are welcome with your addictions and your poor decisions. Jesus says, if you have fear, you're welcome here. Jesus welcomes those who are messy and complicated. He, he welcomes people who have lives that just feel uncertain. He says, you are welcome here. You know, Jesus loves messy people. Uh, by the way, that's all people. We can't clean ourselves up. Jesus does all the cleaning. You and I get to come to him messy, but he loves us too much to let us stay that way. We gotta cut through the noise because some of us are, are distracted by all the noise and really not in a compassionate, empathetic way, reaching out to a culture that desperately needs Jesus. But there's also those of us watching and listening who are distracted by so much noise. We can't see or hear Jesus even for the very first time. But Jesus says you're welcome here. I hope right now in this moment that you're able to cut through the noise, that you can hear Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a vision specifically for you. He, he wants you, uh, which is so much better than when somebody needs you. If somebody needs you, uh, Maybe that feels great, but when somebody wants you, when, when they don't need you, like what a gift that is. That's, that's asking to be a part of something instead of somebody trying to get something from you. You know, Acts 2.21 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation is only through Jesus, but it is for all who believe. You know what happens when you cut through the noise? You can begin to hear God. Uh, some of you, uh, you know, maybe you're watching for the first time. You've been watching for a long time. Uh, I want you to know you can start hearing from God. You can cut through the noise. God's always speaking. The more time that you spend with God, the more clear his voice will be, the better you'll be able to understand him. And as your faith grows, your ability to hear him, it's going to grow. And when people start listening to God, lives change. Uh, your life changes. And, and God uses you to bring hope and challenge to others, and that brings change into their life. And when you share your faith with people who are not yet following Jesus, I know, you know, you know what the worst thing that could possibly happen when you start sharing your faith? Well, let me tell you this. I think we could think of some terrible things, but most of those things will never happen. And yet we let those things that intimidate us, but probably won't happen, keep us from sharing the good news. Do you know what the worst thing 
that's the most likely thing to happen when you share your faith is that somebody says, no thanks. And if you don't give somebody the opportunity to say no to Jesus, they're never gonna be able to say yes like this. Check this out. My journey through getting to know Christ has been an amazing and wonderful life-changing experience for me. I want people to know that if it can happen to a broken <laughs> individual like myself, anybody can have that peace and forgiveness and love that maybe you haven't felt before. a chapel and I heard about how my heart's dirty and how Jesus died on the cross to save me. And then that night, me and my mom prayed and I asked Jesus to come into my heart and save me. I just want to show like everyone what God can do and the miracles he does like through me. I want to be that light. And I want to make this public declaration that I believe that. I believe that he bore all my sins when he died on the cross for me. I want to do this now because there's no better way to start my teenage years than to take that leap of faith for God. I would tell my family that this is going to be one of the proudest moments of my life and something that I'm going to, I'll treasure forever. And that uh, just all seeing them grow to learn about and love Jesus has been, you know, as much of something that's helped drive me as, as anything. And, and that will, uh, it's, it's going to be pretty powerful. I absolutely love that video. Just a video filled with people who have experienced transformation because they've heard from Jesus. Not only have they heard from Jesus, they've experienced Jesus. In that video, I heard people say, uh, I was listening to God. A kid said, I heard. Somebody said, uh, I want people to know, which means he's telling and hoping other people are hearing this public declaration. And another says, I just wanna tell my family. Like, we do need to speak less, but sometimes we need to speak to give other people an opportunity to listen and to hear about the grace that Jesus has for each and every one of us. I gotta tell you, God is speaking. You, you can trust that God is speaking. And when God speaks, we wanna hear from him. Uh, so we wanna position ourselves in a way where we can hear, and then we wanna act. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thanks for your love for us. Thanks for the mission you have us on. God, help us see that vision, help us follow your mission, all for your glory, Lord. We love you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Have a great week. Love you.